0: Hello and welcome to Coco Pods, a podcast of the Birth Center for Natural Deliveries Foundation. My name is Dr. Bola Sugade. I'm a women's healthcare specialist, and we discuss all the issues relating to a woman's health and a woman's health in pregnancy. Today, we are fortunate to have with us Dr. Lola Adekoya. Dr. Adekoya is a board certified obstetrician gynecologist with a master's in public health and she is currently a Community Health Services Medical Director in the state of Virginia. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Adekoya. Thank you, Dr. Shigali.
1: Thank you for having me, and it's my pleasure to join you this afternoon.
0: Thank you. Today, we'll be discussing the very current topic of COVID-19 and how it relates to a special group of women that is pregnant and breastfeeding mothers. Experts, that is the American College of OBGYN and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, they recommend that COVID-19 vaccines should not be withheld from pregnant women or from breastfeeding women or from women who intend to get pregnant. Dr. Adekoya, how safe really is this vaccine for this special group of women? Well, that's a great question and I know... This is of great
1: concern to women, especially pregnant women. Pregnant women have always been offered vaccines. We vaccinated women in pregnancy. We give, we recommend the TDA vaccine with every pregnancy and with every season, we recommend the annual seasonal flu influenza vaccine. So vaccinating pregnant women is not new. Um, these vaccines have gone through rigorous safety trials. They've gone through very, very. I know people are worried that it's, it's it was a rapid development, but that did not affect the safety trials. So, in terms of the safety trials and what we've studied so far, the vaccines have been proven safe for women who are pregnant, for women who are breastfeeding, and for women who intend to get pregnant. Currently, we have three types of vaccines. We have the Pfizer vaccines, which is a two-dose vaccine. We also have a moderna vaccine, which is also a two-dose vaccine, and we have a JNJ. So we're recommending at this stage the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines to women, especially women who are considered high risk in terms of their professions, um, women who are pregnant and essential workers, women who are pregnant and in the healthcare industry, and women who are pregnant, um, just pregnancy itself confers a high-risk condition as women who are pregnant, your immune system is compromised and being exposed to COVID-19 infection places a woman at a high risk for hospitalization, being placed on a ventilator and ultimately um, increases mortality rate. And we also know that there has been adverse effects of COVID-19 and pregnancy leading to early delivery, preterm births. So, When you look at the risk benefits of the vaccine versus a woman being infected with COVID-19 infection, we definitely recommend the vaccine.
0: So please, can you review with us some of the typical symptoms of COVID? You know, when a person gets it and you did talk about pregnancy, putting women at risk for serious illness and even dying from COVID, but can you just review with us the typical symptoms?
1: Yeah, well, the symptoms vary. One of the common symptoms is cough, difficulty breathing, fever, also diarrhea. Those are kind of the common symptoms when you have that shortness of breath is definitely of concern. So really, the typical symptoms you have when you have a cold, but then the challenge is when you have that difficulty breathing and fever of, of prolonged duration.
0: And you did talk about uh, women having some pre-existing factors that, in addition to pregnancy, can put a woman at higher risk for this COVID disease. Can you speak to some of the pre-existing factors, maybe elaborate on it a little bit, that a woman could have?
1: Yes, okay. Um, There are definitely conditions that we have learned through this disease. um, Women with underlying medical conditions at greater risk for adverse outcomes, such as diabetes and pregnancy, high blood pressure, women with cardiovascular disease, women who also have renal disease, renal dysfunction, really puts women at a high risk for adverse outcomes. So with pregnancy, women who could also be at an increased risk for type 2 diabetes, so definitely women who have diabetes, high blood pressure, women who smoke, women who have any kind of underlying lung condition, asthma also would predispose women to severe outcomes for COVID-19 infection. So any severe underlying neurological problems, cardiovascular problems does increase the adverse outcomes of COVID-19 for the pregnant women.
0: You did talk about the fact that having COVID-19 can actually make a woman lose her baby in pregnancy in the form of premature delivery of a premature baby, and that even having the COVID infection can affect the growth of the baby. That is correct, right?
1: Yeah. So well, several studies have shown um, that some of the adverse outcomes of COVID definitely is premature delivery. So we can imagine having a baby at 26 weeks, 24 weeks, depending on how far the woman is in the pregnancy, so definitely preterm birth is a concern to the mother and to the baby, and puts the baby at an increased risk of adverse outcomes. Of so increases the mortality outcome for that mother and the baby. For the pregnant woman, we know that difficulty breathing, shortness of breath, being placed on a ventilator really increases the outcome for the mother. So. Those two factors, women with underlying conditions, asthma, women who smoke, obesity, high blood pressure, definitely increases the risk of ventilatory support, shortness of breath, difficulty maintaining that air
0: volume that is really a challenge for a pregnant woman. Now, is it indeed a fact that Black and Hispanic women who are pregnant have unevenly higher rates of COVID-19 infection and death? And How about Asian and native Hawaiian Pacific Islander individuals?
1: Yeah. So what, in reviewing the data that we have learned through this infection, we know that women of color, women of Latino origin, uh, are a higher risk for adverse outcomes. So just reviewing the data, we know that women of color have a high incidence of diabetes, high blood pressure, and cardiovascular incidence. So, with that, and also what we also notice that women who live in concrete setting, with multiple families living in the same household, women who work um, essential workers uh, who cannot telework from home, or in terms of their work, um, do not have the ability to be six feet apart. Uh, we've noticed that there's a higher incidence of COVID nineteen infection. So we know that there's a higher percentage of women of color working in those essential workers as working as essential workers so just looking at the data and the data is very clear that there's really women of color have been disproportionately affected in terms of being infected and also in terms of outcomes for COVID-19 infection.
0: Okay so the pregnant woman now goes and gets the vaccination what are some of the expected side effects from getting the vaccine and are the side effects a normal part of the body's reaction to the vaccine in the process of developing, you know, protection that is antibodies? You know, can you speak yeah. to some of the expected side effects?
1: Yeah, so once you administer the vaccine, um, the vaccine is an mRNA vaccine. So what it does is that it produces antibodies that would fight when you're exposed to COVID-19. So that those first 24 to 48 hours, your body's producing antibodies, The vaccine, let me be clear, and I just want to make sure I repeat myself, does not give you COVID infection. So your body is mounting an immune response, building an antibody level. So you have all the spike proteins that are making antibodies. So in case you're exposed to COVID, those spike proteins would attack the virus. So your body is building that antibody response. So in the process, you may feel fatigued, feeling just in general, myalgia just feeling tired. Some people would experience just a mild headaches. Some people also would have a low-grade fever. Uh, we, we do encourage pregnant women, especially, if you do have a low-grade fever, to take Tylenol. And within 24 to 48 hours, if that does just subside, please inform your OBGYN. So for pregnant women, I would encourage Tylenol with those side effects definitely within the first 24 to 48 hours after your COVID-19 vaccine. I recommend just, you know, taking it easy, rest, drink lots of fluids, keeping yourself well hydrated, and definitely getting plenty of rest
0: with those 24 to 48 hours post-vaccination. So you talked about mRNA. Is that, a, a, is that the full virus being in, injected into your body or is that a portion of the virus? What exactly is that?
1: Yeah, no, it's not the full. That's why I keep saying just to, you know, um, to say that again. It's not the virus. It's a There's a sequence code of the virus that's been sequenced. So once the virus, once the vaccine is administered, the body produces that spike protein. I'm sure most of you have seen in pictures what the virus looks like. It has those spike proteins. So your body produces the antibodies that would fight against the virus. So in that period of time, your body is mounting an immune response. It's not COVID. You're not injected. I say it again, with COVID-19 virus.
0: Good. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. So now, is there any preference currently for the use of one COVID vaccine over another?
1: The American College of Obstetrics has not issued a preference of one over the other. What we do recommend is that when it's your turn and you're offered a vaccine, right now we're offering either Pfizer or Moderna, there's no preference of one over the other. So... When it gets on and you're getting vaccinated, our recommendation is to take whatever vaccine you're being offered.
0: And then, can I mix and match both of them? If I got one in New York, can I get another one in Georgia?
1: No, well, what we do recommend is that if you start with one series, if you start with Pfizer, to please complete the series with Pfizer. And then, if you start with Moderna, to please complete the series with Moderna. Definitely, I know that there will be you know, people that would mix vaccines. One Pfizer, one Moderna, and trials are going on. They're collecting more information to see the immune response of those who have one vaccine or two of the the two vaccines. But especially for pregnant women, because we're really concerned about the baby, the mother, we recommend you to complete your series. If you start with Pfizer, to complete Pfizer. Is that with Moderna please complete the
0: Moderna Now, in pregnancy, we get other vaccines. We get the tetanus vaccine called the Tdap. We get the influenza vaccine. You know, can all the vaccines be given together, you know, in in addition to the COVID vaccine? Can, Can a pregnant woman just get everything together?
1: Oh, that's a great question. That's an awesome question. So what the recommendation is that to wait at least two weeks before getting the COVID vaccine. So if you just receive the Tdap, the CDC's recommendation is actually to wait two weeks after any vaccine before receiving the COVID-19 vaccine. So that's a really good question. And to really educate pregnant women that once you're administered any type of vaccine during pregnancy, a flu vaccine or Tdap, you really do need to wait two weeks before you receive your COVID-19 vaccine.
0: Wow. Pregnant women also get another shot in pregnancy. Some pregnant women have a particular blood type that makes them need a shot called Rogam in pregnancy. Can they still get the COVID-19 vaccine? And will this shot interfere with their body's response to the vaccine?
1: That's another great question. Um, because we do have women who are average negative and at 28 weeks that we do recommend Rogam. So really there is no interaction between the immunoglobin that you receive because that's a passive immunity and COVID-19 vaccine. So there's really no interaction between that. That's only one time where you can receive
0: immunoglobin and then receive your regular um, COVID-19 vaccine. Now, this is for healthcare providers. What are we expected to do, you know, if after extensive counseling, the pregnant woman still declines the vaccination?
1: Yeah. So that's also another awesome question. So what we we do want you to do is to support your pregnant mother. So if she declines the vaccine, I just really encourage her to continue safe practices, washing hands, putting on her face mask when she's outside of her household, and really avoiding crowded environments, staying six feet away from others, ensuring that she continues to practice those simple basic public health messages wash your hands, put on your face mask, and six feet away from others, and also avoiding interacting with people who are not members of your own household. So really encouraging your pregnant mother, supporting, because we really need support and respect her wish of not, her decision not to be vaccinated, then just really encouraging her to maintain those safe practices is what I would recommend to all physicians.
0: Uh, So for what reasons should a pregnant woman Absolutely not take the vaccine.
1: Ah, well, it's a pregnant women could have some personal beliefs. Some women could have religious beliefs which we need to respect. Some women may just choose to be anti-vaccine. But the real medical reasons why a pregnant woman should not be vaccinated is if she has a reaction to one of the COVID-19 vaccines, then we will not continue the series which is a precaution, it's not a contraindication. If she's had a severe allergic reaction to any vaccines, and then definitely if you need to vaccinate pregnant women, I will be cautious and make sure that you have, in case she develops a severe allergic reaction, that you can really get her emergency care and help right away. So that's more of a precaution, not a contraindication.
0: Dr. Adekoya, how about breastfeeding moms? Were there studies done to say, the vaccines are safe for their babies if and when components of the vaccine gets into the breast milk, should they avoid starting breastfeeding or should they stop breastfeeding after they receive the COVID-19 vaccine?
1: Oh, that's a great question, um, Dr. Shugabe. As I said earlier, there were no safety shortcuts to this. All the studies so far have shown that the COVID-19 vaccine once you administer the vaccine, the body produces an antibody response. We, over the years, have always vaccinated pregnant women, and we have monitored pregnant women at their outcomes without any adverse effect noted. So far, what we have learned, there are no adverse effects to being vaccinated or the ingredients in the COVID-19 that would affect a woman who is breastfeeding and also could affect the developing fetus. So The recommendation from the CDC so far and continues to be it's safe to get vaccinated and also to breastfeed your baby. Because once you're vaccinated, your body produces this antibody response, which does not confer any adverse effects to the breastfeeding baby.
0: Okay, so so you're saying that, you know, a woman planning to get pregnant can take the COVID vaccine. Does she need to do a pregnancy test first or should she delay pregnancy? Yeah.
1: No, we we do not recommend. And also to all physicians, you do not need to do a pregnancy test prior to administering COVID 19 vaccine. So this vaccine can be given to women who are pregnant, women who are intended to be pregnant, women who are breastfeeding. As I said earlier, I would continue to reinforce that this um, safety trials has show no teratogenic effects
0: on the fetus. And so we are recommending women who choose to be vaccinated, pregnant women, to proceed with vaccination. So you're saying that, you know, when you talked about teratogenic, you're saying that there are no birth defects. Or do we really have to wait until the fall of this year when, you know, the wave of babies conceived early in the pandemic are being born before we can actually make a strong statement as to whether the vaccine or the infection with COVID could cause birth defects in the offsprings of the mothers infected?
1: So studies have shown that women who are vaccinated, actually when their babies are born, the babies have antibodies and they don't get COVID-19 infection. So so I know that with COVID-19 infection, sepsis is a concern, so when you have underlying sepsis, then you can have end organ damage. So in terms of any effects on the pregnancy itself, the vaccine does not have any teratogenic effects that we know of as of today. But just based on all the women who've had COVID-19 and their offspring, we're still learning more as we go along, but I always think that you have to think of the cost-benefits infect, right, what it could do to a pregnant mother, and the vaccination. So it's, you know, it's a balance, um, but based on all the studies that have been done, and also we're collecting information on pregnant women. When you get vaccinated, there's what we call safe. that the CDC is gathering and collecting information on pregnant women and their, and their offsprings, and looking at those offsprings, the outcomes. So as we learn more, we're getting more information, but as of today and of all the information that has been gathered, the CDC is still recommending the vaccine for women who are pregnant because pregnancy itself puts a woman at a high risk for adverse outcomes with COVID-19 infected.
0: So you did talk about the V-safe, you know, the CDC's V-safe program. How pregnant should a woman be to be able to participate in this program that collects information on maybe the side effects of the vaccine, if any, on the pregnant woman?
1: Well, once you're vaccinated, you get uh, like a QR code and then you can just punch it in and send in your information and then they'll continue to call you and collect that information. That information is safe um, and it's stored and so that we can learn of the outcome. So what is collecting any information? And you and you. People could be skeptical. Oh, why are they collecting my information? But it's really not your information. Just finding out if any adverse effect or long-term effects on the outcomes and pregnancy. So the more we learn, the more, more information we gather. But as I said earlier, one of the advances um, in the 20th century really is vaccines. Vaccines has kept us safe. I know that many of the listeners may not know what the polio looks like. Many people don't even know what a measles infections looks like uh, or chickenpox looks like because with the vaccination we've been able to eradicate a lot of all this smallpox infection in the United States. So the advent of vaccines is one of the best you know things that the 20th century technology has brought upon us.